<clears throat> Pastor, you make it look easy every week. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not so easy. I just wanted to say, um, there's a lot of people in this congregation that I could thank. We have a lot of people here who do a variety of things in ministry here. And so a general thank you to you. You know who you are. We know who you are. Um, that was one thing I wanted to start with. The second thing is that I really don't have to speak this morning. Did you see and hear the words of I am for the offertory? What a blessing. What a blessing. The Savior we serve. Really uplifting. You've heard this before, but happy Mother's Day. I heard it Friday, Saturday. It's wonderful. It doesn't get old. But I want to start with that greeting and say that this morning we join in the nat national celebration of moms. It's such a huge topic, however, that when one is asked to speak about it, you can struggle with what to say. I prayed a lot and hope and trust I've heard correctly from the Lord. Um, I've been told that I'm a person who asks a lot of questions. And it's true, and I do. So I'm going to start out with a question for you. How emotional is the word mother? And what is the range of emotions associated with our mothers? The range is wide and deep, including descriptive words like amazing, wonderful, loving, and then to other words associated with despair and grief. I know that several of our members here this morning are still coping with the recent loss of Nancy and Doris. And we want to continue to support you and uphold you in prayer. For those of us who attended their funerals, we heard wonderful words of tribute to the beloved mothers they were. And just remember that the voice of the Lord can and does speak to any of our thoughts and feelings about our mothers no matter what's going on in our hearts and minds today. No matter what you're feeling, whether it's joy, gratitude, or sadness this morning. My main topic for this morning is about the voice. Forgive mine here. Dry mouth. As an introduction, um, I wanted to share something with you that you probably already know. I spend a fair amount of time with Pastor Bob. Um, lately, after listening to several of his sermon, sermons, I've noticed a prevalence of messages having to do with the science of biology. It's been truly amazing to learn about the intricacies of the human eye, for example, that we heard about a couple of weeks ago. And he spoke about the complexity of the hand, human hand, two weeks ago while we were in Ephrata. As many of you know, my personal course of uh, study, education, was centered on history and the social sciences. But how interesting is the study of the physical sciences with all the discoveries that have been made about the microscopic particles in the individual cell and the atom along with the vastness of the universe up and out there beyond us. I know that there are many people in our congregation and listening through live stream, 
including doctors, science teachers, and nurses that have focused on these fascinating studies. So I looked up some scientific facts about the human voice. And I quickly decided to forget about it. Our bodies are incredible examples of our creator's handiwork, complicated, specialized, and worthy of our thankfulness. But after reading about the larynx, vocal cords that are made out of tissue folds, which are very unlike guitar strings, and the passage of air up from the lungs making sounds, etc., I decided to spare you and myself from that aspect of the message this morning and just go on to what I consider the importance of the voice. A good science teacher, I am not. Uh, in considering individual identifying factors related to the voice, individual identifying factors related to the voice, I decided to tell you a short story about hair salons, our youngest son, and my voice. Now this will be a mini history lesson for some of you. Some of you won't have any idea about what I'm about to share, but this, this is what happened. There is a service at hair salons called a frosting. And in the olden days, if you wanted that treatment on your hair, a cap with small holes was placed on your scalp. Then your hairdresser would use a hook to pull sections of your hair that were under that cap through the small holes so that when this part of the process was finished, a chemical mixture could be placed and brushed on your exposed hair and it would be the dye, the dye it, your hair would be dyed the desired color. While this process was going forward, the customer did not look their best. In fact, you look pretty bad. So there I was getting a frosting at the salon with our three-year-old son sitting on his grandmother's lap and I saw him start to squirm. So I called out to him hoping he would simmer down a little but I forgot what I looked like. I watched his eyes as he reacted to the sound of my voice. He knew my voice, but there was more than one woman sitting in that section where I was. So he began looking around at the different faces, trying to see where his mother was. I spoke again, and then he saw me. I did not anticipate the screams he let out when he finally recognized my face amid the rest of what was going on around my head. Usually I could calm him down, but that day he wanted no part of any reassurances I could give him. He was just plain terrified. I learned some lessons, important lessons that day. Now I shared this personal story partially hoping to inject a little humor into things, but the real reason is to stress the importance of our voices as being integral integral to your individual identity. Have you ever had the experience of hearing someone speak and without even looking at them, you know who it is? Your physical voice is part of you. Uh, I don't know, we were watching television, Pastor, and I heard a voice on television. I said, I know who that is. I think it was Walter Brennan. I didn't recognize him at all. He was older in this movie. He was very thin, 
but I knew the voice. And, and that happens to all of us. Voices are part of you. The next important point I'd like to make about the voice is how it defines us and greatly affects those around us for better or for worse, for good or for evil. There has been more than one time that the words or tone I used to speak brought about difficult consequences. As a result, sometimes I've had to clarify, sometimes I've had to rethink what I said, and sometimes I've had to ask forgiveness. So next I'd like to concentrate on the importance of a mother's voice. What are some examples of the things you remember your mother saying to you? Did she tell you to turn off the lights? Did she tell you to push your chair back under the table when you got up from eating a meal? I do that all the time and I tell people my mother's voice is in my head. And mothers, here today, what are some of the things you're using your voice to say to your children? And then, how much have these words been influenced by the voice of the Lord? I'm going to take a moment here to share something about my mother, Sulve Andreessen Fitzgerald. I like to do that every year that I get a chance to speak on Mother's Day. Yes, her words were definitely influenced by God's voice. She spent a great deal of her time over the years reading her Bible and communicating with the Lord in prayer. I'm not trying to say she was perfect by any means. We know that none of us are. But she not only talked the talk, she walked the walk. There was no secret in our house that she had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And my father, my four siblings, and I watched her live it out day to day. When you're young, you don't often realize what is actually taking place right before your eyes. So I believe I was 22 years old when my father passed away. He was 51 years old. I was, I was out of the house. I was the oldest, only one out of the house, sort of on my own. I was married, and Chris was born by that time. But widowed, my mother still had four children dependent on her. She found the strength, though, to continue on working day by day, doing the best she could to provide for them, and that was not her only problem. Uh, I've mentioned others speaking about my mother in past years. I didn't really realize what that was all about at 22 years of age. As I look back now at my present age, I say, wow. It was clear that she was relying upon the Lord and, su and supplementing her strength with his. I faced nothing in my life that compares with what she had to handle. And the older I get, the more I value and respect the example she set for our family. The voice of the Lord is not hard to find if you're looking for it. In the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, very first chapter, third verse, it reads, and God said, right away, we hear his voice. By the way, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Try that one out. In Genesis 1.6, it reads, and God said, there it is again. He's speaking. He talked about let there be firmament. And then in John 10.27 and 28, it says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Is there a sermon in that? This one's almost over, but. So, we are the sheep, like it or not. We are the sheep. God's voice can be heard throughout the Bible. The word follow in those verses is the action word for us. Any of us can theoretically be a person who hears God's voice all day long, but if we don't do anything about it, if there's no action associated with hearing God's voice, we miss out on so much potential that comes from obeying God's voice. So, are we listening this morning? Is God giving us any action plans? We all live with report cards, past, present, and future. I trust that I, for one, will continually try to do better at seeking God's voice, listening to it, and then following him. Thus endeth the lesson.